0: Ramble on and on until I yawn. It's rhyme and Reason eight hundred fifty four. Hey there, Tony. Here now. I know you've been there and done that, or done this, and uh, you know you've tried to sit still and feign interest while the person across from you seems to ramble on and on and on into the seemingly apocalyptic future, and you are sitting there going. I wonder if I locked the door at home. Hmm. Okay, as I'm describing that, maybe an image of somebody just popped into your mind, right? Better not be me. I'll hunt you down and read modernist masterpieces of poetry till your ears bleed. All seriousness aside, I mean the kind of people that ramble on and on and on. Yeah, they're a real thing, and that brings me back to where I started. It, it started because of a series of web links that took me down uh, memory lane. I mean, far back down memory lane to my high school English composition and literature class. Literature. That's where we went through an in-depth study of poetry by American poets who were considered brilliant or geniuses or poetic masters. And back then, since I was... An enthralled newbie poet wannabe, I read some of their works with somewhat awestruck interest. And one such writer was Thomas Stearns. Oh, wait, Thomas Stearns Eliot, also known and better known as T.S. Eliot, who lived from 1888 till 1965. So I was alive and thriving on planet Earth. Um, for a few years while he was still here. And uh, the poem that we dived into uh, in that class, in that literature class, was his most famous work, at least by most people's accounts, most people who write about T.S. Eliot. They say this was his most famous work, a poem called The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock. And it's a rhyme of over a thousand words. Now, back then, I found it fascinating that uh, Mr. Eliot could write a poem that long, much less make it interesting, but uh, that was back then. And poetry critics and critiques call it one of the landmarks in the history of modern literature. And I just reread it recently, and I call it the obvious musings of a college student. And according to records... That's what he was when he wrote the poem, a college student. It's cool how age and experience, refined with wisdom, of course, can temper and tweak your perspective. That certainly has happened to me. As a high school student, I focused on length and meter and word connections. You know, that was what was cool to me. But as a silver-haired old man, I can now focus on What in the world T.S. actually said? And it's just a collection of his thoughts. I'm not impressed with his meter or his word connections, and it's way too long to tell what it really needs to tell if it was actually going to tell anything. And it seems to me that it's almost narcissistic in its long journey to basically nowhere. But I'm not sharing this as a poetry critique. That's not what my whole reason for being here with you this time is it's not to do a critique on the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. No, it's far from that. I think what's much more important is how, once again, the truth and power found in God's Word is evident even in the regular things of life, like poetry and literature and reading and writing. One of the most famous Wisdom verses in the Bible, which is Proverbs 7, says wisdom is the principal thing. And it also says to get understanding. In other words, you don't just have it all thrown on your head or in your head. You get it. You go out and get it. And those are crucial now more than ever in your life because they can help you spot a fraud or a scammer or, in this case, even a mistaken masterpiece. I've read that T.S. Eliot converted to Anglicanism in 1927 and wrote Ash Wednesday not long after that. It's, It's an even longer poem, and it supposedly is an account of the struggle of finding faith. But I don't recommend you read much into it if you ever ramble on through it, because it has a dazed and confused feel too. Anyway, I just thought I'd ramble on about the merits and demerits of poetry with you today. Um, I'll show you a little bit from the, uh, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. The first stanza or section, if you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, it goes like this. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient etherized upon a table. Let us go through certain half-deserted streets, The muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells. Streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent to lead you to an overwhelming question. Oh, do not ask, what is it? Let us go and make our visit. In the room the women come and go. Talking of Michelangelo. Yeah, see what I mean? It doesn't get a whole lot more wise as you go along. So if you ever want to read it, you'll see what I mean. And, and feel free to take me to task if you disagree. That does it for this episode of Rhyme and Reason, brought to you by TonyFunderburk.com. Go over there and buy something today. Just show your support and say, that Tony, he's such a, he's such a, don't, don't say it, don't say it. Just go over there and get it, okay? Thank you so much. And as always, remember, life has rhyme and reason because... God made you